I ran that ministry for a while and realized I needed more. And so I looked to see what was and couldn't, um, I couldn't necessarily find exactly what I was looking for in the terms of that, but I, um, it led me to start a non-for-profit. This episode of This Mom Knows is sponsored by the Podcast VA Association. You may know that being a virtual assistant is a great way to be a mompreneur, but did you know that when it comes to supporting podcasts, very few VAs have the skills they need? The Podcast VA Association has the training you need to be certified and the tools to help you find podcasters who are hiring. Learn more at podcastvaassociation.com. Welcome to This Mom Knows. I'm your host, Jen Uren. How often have you noticed a need and tried to find the solution only to discover that it doesn't exist in a way to solve that problem? That's what happened with today's guest, Janelle Rotaire. Join me as she shares her journey from mentor of teen moms to founder of a teen mom ministry. Janelle Rotaire is a ball of energy and someone I'm excited to introduce you to. In fact, her Instagram profile is fullofenergy87. Janelle has one husband, two goats, three cats, four kids, and sadly, five chickens that didn't make it. She accidentally found herself in ministry work, and she's the executive director of a nonprofit called A New Ministries. She loves Jesus, loves people, and dreams of enjoying the momentary pleasure of eating chocolate without her hips getting too attached to those moments of pleasure. Welcome, Janelle. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, my goodness. I am so excited to be here. I have been looking forward to this. (laughs) I am so glad. I'm so glad. Well, we're going to get into the details of what you do shortly. But before we do, why don't you just tell me, what do you enjoy doing that you don't always have time to do? Oh, I would say, so we are from the exhilarating yet boring state of Indiana. And so any time that I can just get outside with my kids, my, like my whole family, not a kid or two kids, but like actually all four of them at the same time. And we're doing something outside. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I love those moments. I just think that there is beauty in the simplicity. And I think that we get so caught up sometimes in creating big moments and big memories that we forget. And this, I'm just speaking to my own heart because that's, um, I'm a full-fledged Enneagram seven. And so that's one of our struggles is living in the moment and in the moments of simplicity. Mm -hmm. And, um, if motherhood has taught me a lot of things, but that is one of them, that it's not always these like big things that we're looking for. Um, but it's the everyday ordinary, lovely things that end up to be the memories the memories we're creating. Anyway, so anytime I can get with my family and the simplicity of it, I just, especially this time of year, oh. I know it. We're recording this in November, but it's going to be in the 70s this week. Yeah, it's supposed to be 73 degrees today. My kids were joking because they are still wearing shorts. It's amazing. To school. Yeah, I love it so much. Yeah. So much. Which probably means we're in for a very cold winter. (laughs) I know. I've actually been thinking about that too. I'm like, oh, I'm or a long one. 
Yes. Me, it's like, I feel like the fall has been beautiful yes. and to be in November in the seventies. And anyways, and now yeah. I just feel like, Oh, we're going to be going into like March. I know. Well, you've had lots of opportunities, hopefully to get out and enjoy that great weather um, and be out there with your kids. Yeah. It has been great. Well, Today, we're going to talk about what you know, and that's um, cultivating purpose as a mom. And so I want to start by telling people how we met and what it was that you said that piqued my interest. Um, So a few weeks ago, I was sitting in a small coffee shop, and uh, my husband and I, we both work from home. So we were there doing our work, and you were there meeting with a colleague, making some valuable connections. Um, And we were literally next to each other. Our tables were right there. Yeah. And so as I heard you talk, um, I heard you mention an organization that I was very familiar with. And then I heard you say to this other woman, one of the reasons that I'm doing this now while my kids are at home is so that when they're grown and off to college, I will still have meaningful purpose. And I think there's so much wisdom in this. And in fact, one of the things that we talk about around here is this idea that you're more than a mom. You're a person with a purpose. So tell me more about what brought you to this point of embracing this idea of purpose and then, you know, pursuing doing something with it. Oh my goodness. So I always feel, um, in a sense, just when, when somebody asks for like your advice and your opinion on something, it's really hard for me. I I always, I want to be confident enough to know that I'm a child of God but not arrogant enough to think that I know it all. (laughs) And sometimes that's a really hard line. And so, man, I just hope that when I speak and uh, as we talk today, that there is just a humbleness of lessons learned and a lot of life yet to live though as well. Right. And so um, when I, for this, this purposeful thing for me was a big deal because I'll be honest, like, even if you were to ask me in high school, like, what do you want to be? Or are you going to college for or something? I'd be like, I really want to be a mom. Like I really want to be a mom. And I was able to be a mom and they kept coming. And (laughs) we had four in like five and a half, six years. And um, it was just like, okay, like, yeah, like this is what I want to do. And um, gotta love, we just, we literally just got this puppy. So I apologize in the back. Just got him. Um, I think we have had two two, three weeks. Yeah. And oh. I'm sadly already in love. Um, so we can just watch him, watch her, watch her, yeah. <laughs> watch her get comfortable with them. Uh, and so, uh, when it, when I finally had kids, it was like, this is so great and nothing that I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, they're like really cute, but they never go away. Like they're <laughs> there all the time. <laughs> Like even to pee, they want to follow you. Yes. It's constant. (laughs) Constant. And I'm going to be honest. I, I found myself kind of, and it's one of those things where it's not like, you're like, wow, that little piece of me got taken away or Mm -hmm. this little piece. Like it's all of a sudden, I feel like it's, you look down and you're like, is this all I am? Like Mm -hmm. I clean dirty diapers and I pick up toys and I'm stopping arguments and I'm trying to like, you know, look like I have my stuff together when I'm in public with all these children and I have more kids in the cart than I do groceries. And you're just like, you're, you're just trying to navigate all this. And I just got to a point where I was like, I, I need something that is 
I'm going to be honest, not centered around my children. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things that I say a lot to myself is I want my children to be a part of my life, but I don't want them to be my life. And what I mean by that too, is I think that we can take motherhood, especially because it is and can be all consuming, Mm -hmm. but that then becomes an idol. Yes. And I am again, discernment ship, man, that's a hard one, right? Like walking that line between my children are a huge part of my life. And I want them to know that they are loved, that they Mm -hmm. are safe, that, um, and that life is fun. Like Mm -hmm. it's meant to be lived and it's meant to be fun. And I want to walk that and teach that with them. I walk that line, but man, like it's so easy to, to be all the things all the time for them because they'll take it. (laughs) They will. They will. And I think it is a, um, I've said this before that by modeling to our kids, nurturing and stewarding who we are, the gifts God's given us, that's actually a really good thing for them to see because otherwise they get this model of, oh, I'm going to grow up. And if I'm a mom, it's going to suck the life out of me. So do I really want that? And so I think, I think there's, I mean, I think it's good motherhood to model this for our kids. Well, and I just, I, I don't want my kids growing up too thinking that they are the center of the world. Right. Right. And so they are not. They are not. <laughs> Ask any teacher. <laughs> well, and I, I want them to be a part of giving back to the world too. And I think in order to give back, you have to learn selflessness. Yeah. And um, because even giving back can be incredibly selfless, like, like selfish. Right. right. And the fact of, you know, I mean, that was a journey of ministry for me too, uh, mm-hmm. that I got into in that, but just of learning that, yeah, no, I, I have to have the right uh, idea and concept around what I'm doing. What is the purpose around what I'm doing? Right. So like, what is the purpose around motherhood? What is the purpose of serving in ministry? What is the purpose of my marriage? Mm -hmm. And how can I make sure that all those purposes align with uh, Jesus and his word and what he has for my life? Mm-hmm. Um, and not just constantly what I want to do when I want to do it. And because then I'm modeling that to my kids too. And, oh, it's yes. so hard. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, there's a lot. I mean, this could be its own book right there, you know, just on <laughs> purpose. Yeah. So, well, this idea of cultivating purpose um, as mom, I think is particularly particularly poignant because the nonprofit that you had works with teen moms. And in those years, I imagine that this is a group of moms who really need help seeing purpose in both their situation and in who they are as moms. So why don't you give us a brief overview of a new, who it serves and how you do it? Oh man, I'm going to be honest. The one key word I picked up on there, Jen, was brief. <laughs> and so if you have to hold up like the, okay, it's enough now, um, please, you have my full permission. <laughs> These girls are my uh, part of my heart and soul. And I mean that literally. I, as I joked in my bio, I, I never meant to get into ministry. I just wanted to love teen moms. Mm-hmm. And that came from years of uh, sitting down with them in a uh, room and f- to the moment they first found out they're pregnant mm-hmm. to all the way walking alongside of them as they are, you know, having, um, having a child and then raising a child. and. I found myself in a position where I was counting down literally hours, like, 
okay, after nap time, they'll wake up around three o'clock and then I'll have about two hours to two and a half hours in there. And then, and then my husband's going to come home <laughs> and then, then it's going to be like, okay, like I'm going to have a half of hands. And I can't tell you what or why I was not a teen mom. My mom was not a teen mom. I had no connection to teen moms, honestly, okay. in any way, shape or form. I always say I am the example of that God doesn't have to create a huge story in you in order mm. to make a difference in someone else's life. So like, yeah. I don't have this huge story of redemption. I grew up in a Christian home. I, my parents, I like still really like them. They're like really great people. Um, and I married this guy that I met not too far out of high school. And like, I really like him. Like he's a really great guy and together we have four kids. And so, uh, I mean, there's bumps and there's things along the road that you're like, Oh, that was hard. Or that was a rough time or season, but nothing that like this huge, like, um, climatic moment where you're like, Oh, that's where I found Jesus. Or I just, I always knew him and I always knew that he knew me and it was a relationship that developed over time. And, um, and because of that, I, I can't say that like, yeah, like I, I can, I can't relate to teen moms and God had to teach me that I am not called to relate to them. I'm called to love them. Mm. And so I didn't, I didn't need to have this great story to love them. And it wasn't that hard. And anyways, and so I'm sitting in my room one day and, or in my kitchen, literally I can put, put myself back there. And I was like, oh, it's okay. Two, two and a half hours, you know, and, and he'll be home and I can, I can get this break. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was almost like tapping me on the shoulder. Like, what about those that don't get a break? Mm. What about those that don't have a countdown and who they were? And at that time I was volunteering in a, in very numerous ways in pro-life ministry. And I just was just like, Oh, like it just hit me. Like, yeah, I'm counting down till he gets home. And there are young women uh, all over right now that have, nothing to count down to except like bedtime. Like it's just, um, and I, it was just kind of convicted in that moment. So I went searching for what, what there was. And I came across a ministry that I ran that was kind of like a support group for young moms. And I ran that Mm -hmm. on my church for about six years. And then I came to soon realize again, that I knew nothing (laughs) and they needed a lot more than just a two hour social hour. Mm -hmm. Um, And and don't get me wrong. There was, Oh, I could tell stories about the way that the Holy spirit uh, changed (laughs) and convicted. And I don't just mean the moms. I mean like us and the volunteers Mm -hmm. and the way that they use those moms to show us the love that Jesus has for Mm -hmm. the orphans and the oppressed and the poor and the afflicted. And there is, there's a reason that time and time and time again, that is mentioned not only in the gospel through Jesus's words, but even through the Israelites uh, and the way, and from the way that they left and got executed, oh my goodness, the the way that they had uh, left Israel and became slaves. Like it was just like the whole, it's, it is woven throughout the entire Bible in so many ways. And uh, I was just, I feel like our God is a God of grace so much. And I always say that that's one of the reasons I got into ministry is because of God's grace, because yeah. um, I was just reading. So it's Matthew. I want to say 11. Um, I could be wrong on that, but it's, it's toward the beginning there. And uh, it was tr- and the, toward the end of the chapter. And uh, it says that Jesus walked back into his hometown, mm-hmm. to preach the word. And everyone looked at him and was like, isn't 
like, isn't that just the carpenter's son? Mm-hmm. Like, who is he? And that is what I felt like. Uh, I just feel like, man, I, who am I? Like, mm-hmm. who am I to even think? And I had to make a lot of, I made a lot of mistakes in those years. And uh, a lot of things that I, I wish that I, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I wish I could have taken them back because God had a lot of lessons and things. Used them. Yeah. I needed them and he, he used them, but yeah. um, I ran, I ran that ministry for a while and realized I needed more. And so I looked to see what was and couldn't, um, I couldn't necessarily find exactly what I was looking for in the terms of that. But I, um, it led me to start a non-for-profit. Eventually I got into a ministry called team of the choices, which is a phenomenal ministry that works with up to seven moms at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, they're paired with a mentor and they have to work on goals and they have to attend weekly life skill workshops and, uh, and be held accountable to the goals they're setting. They have to either be working toward full-time employment and, or in school, if they're doing all of those, then uh, we will work and helping them overcome whatever obstacle it is that stands in front of them. Mm. For most of our moms, it's the weekly cost of daycare. And so yeah. we cover that cost. And I just saw the change that that ministry was literally doing in the hearts and the lives of the moms. And I was like, I want more of them. So mm. I started a, a non-for-profit <laughs> to do that. And so uh, we currently have uh a TMC that's going on right now in Cedar Lake, Indiana. We have two more that are opening. And alongside of that, I wanted to build a ministry that encompasses, that builds the, the bridge between the young mom in your community mm. and her to the doors of her local church. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue yeah. because yeah. I would say you are a huge proponent that relationships are the foundation to change. Oh. And so, um, I mean, you just mentioned one with the the local church. So what kind of relationships um, do you help foster for these moms and how do you do it? Oh, uh, again, I, um, the type of relationship I hope to foster is, is nothing big. You know, it's, it, it's not a uh, relationships. If anything, they take time. Yeah. And time is an investment. And so our, our, that's how I look and view ministry as an investment, um, an investment in lives, um, but also in resources and our time. And so what one of my goals, uh, vision, like heart song, <laughs> is to see the local church be known as the place yeah. uh, for hope, for restoration, for healing. And I've come to see that a lot of moms had a hard time walking through the doors of a church because they don't always they can't always put to words their emotions and feelings, Mm -hmm. but there is a lot of un, um, unnamed shame that is Mm -hmm. in their life and they carry it really heavy. Mm -hmm. And so for them to take that and walk through the doors of a church is hard. Mm -hmm. It's really, really hard for them. And so, um, we had create, we're, I'm trying to create programs that make that walk across the bridge for her to her local church a little bit easier and for the local church to walk to her too, mm, right? Yes. Like, like, let's go to her. These are the same moms that we stood there and we said, you can do this. And like, you know, and there's, there's help for you out there and okay, so let's be that help. Let's be that support. Mm-hmm. Let's be that community that we 
told her was there and available for her. And And let's make it easy for her to find and connect. Yes. Right. And make it natural. Yes. And make it built on love. Mm -hmm. Um, Not on like a big flashy sign, but just it's really simple. And so we started making these boxes called fully flourishing boxes Mm. and it groups and churches and uh, Bible studies and families can get together and it's just packing a little white box and it's Mm -hmm. filling it with needed baby things like socks and teething toys and a little spoon. And then inside Mm. as well is a handwritten card um, from somebody like you or like me. And it just says, you got this. Or do this, or know that there is an entire community that is praying for you. Mm-hmm. And then whoever wrote that card, we just put love and then their first name. Mm-hmm. And we put it in that box with her. And on the lid of that box, when she opens it up right inside the lid, is an invitation for her to come to one of our mom mixers. Mm-hmm. And these are events held um, every other Wednesday at various locations. Every third or fourth one, I like to throw at a church. Uh, just because again, trying to break those walls that she has yep. built up, even and not not even knowingly, a lot of times they built them up unknowingly. Mm-hmm. Um, but just kind of start to be that presence and that consistent, that consistency in her life, yeah. and uh, be that source of a help of an example of a healthy relationship and of love. Like our God is a God of love, mm-hmm. and let's show her uh, that love by the way that we walk alongside of her in a decision that we had asked her to make and, and just, just do that. Just love, just love her well. And so these mom mixers, she can just come in and it's, it's kind of like my old days when I used to run the mom social club, I'm kind of doing that a little bit again, mm-hmm. um, trying to get these moms through the doors of a church and yeah. into a community. Yeah. Cause so now, as opposed to before, now you've got a next step. So now you've got that next place for them to go. Yeah. And so we want to lead her from, the time that she first finds out that she's pregnant or just gave birth, that's where these boxes are currently going. They're in hospitals and prenatal departments and all kinds of things. And then it goes from there to hopefully inviting her to a mom mixer. And then from a mom mixer, if she needs the additional help, um, putting her into a teen mother choices program. And then uh, from that teen mother choices program, you know, yeah, dreams and visions I have beyond that. But right now that is where the good Lord uh, has me. And I'm super, super excited to, embark on again and unknown and see how many ways he can humble me along the way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and what I love about this is, you know, you and I live in a state where in the wake of Roe v. Wade being overturned, abortion is not that same legal option that it has been. And so that feels hopeless to a lot of women. Um, And so that to me, that makes this ministry of a new even more vital because in that hopelessness and helplessness, you know, we've got to step up and show them that there is hope and there is help. And I I think that's one of the biggest disservices from the pro-life movement is that it gives this impression that um, the sole focus is, is on whether a baby is born, but it is so, so much more than that. And you're doing some of that, but can you talk a little bit more about how beyond those first months when the baby's cute and you can see the need. How do you continue to be practical in being in living a pro-life, you know, model to these to these people that have made the choice to have a baby? Again, it's really I sometimes I feel like even as Christians, we overcomplicate things that are that Jesus has uh, evidently said over and over again. 
is it's, it's not that complicated. Mm-hmm. It really is showing her love. Like, so we have mentors that come into the team of the choices program and even volunteers that would come for a mom mixer and be a regular to just build a relationship with these moms. That's all, that's all you need to do is build a relationship. And I always say, listen, she might tell you some stories and um, she might tell you some really hard things. And you are going to be like, I have, I don't know what to say to that. I don't know how to engage that. Like, and I said, and you don't need to, mm. you don't need to, you know, my, one of my best and favorite responses when she tells me something that I, that is really hard, really hard to take in, really hard to listen to a story that is beyond anything that I've ever experienced or heard. And it's going, wow, I, I really can't relate to that. I have not had a similar story to that, but would you mind if we just stopped right here and prayed for that? Because mm. I know someone that can relate and oh, I love he, he wants to hear about it. And so let's just tell him, like, let's just tell him. Yeah. And uh, so we just stop, we just pray. And it's that simple. Nobody is showing up for her consistently and constantly in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, she has not been modeled, modeled a healthy view of relationships. Mm-hmm. And so the church in and of itself, guys, that's what we are. I mean, we're a community. We're relationships. God is a relationship. That's how much they value to him. He's the father, he's the son, and he's the Holy Spirit all in one. Mm-hmm. Relationships are the essence of who our triune God is. And he could have saved the world in numerous ways, but he chose a relationship mm-hmm. in the way to change the world. And that will forever be profoundly impactful in my life because, because of that relationship that God came and and sent his son down to walk alongside of me, to walk with me. Um, it literally, it saved me. Hmm. And so all we have to do is show up for these moms mm-hmm. and, and not, not just like, not just, that sounds really simple because it really is. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody is. And so, man, if as the church, we can start to be known for what we stand for rather than what we stand against. And we stand for love and we stand for life. And it's not, I always say one of the, cause they always like, where do you find your moms at? And like, where do they come? I said, they usually come at the point in life where like you had said, babies are so cute, aren't they? They're so cute. And they're so mobile. Yes. <laughs> you can carry them like physically, like on a backpack, you can carry them and the thing you have a stroller, um, once they start to get to a point though, where they are themselves mobile and then they start talking back to you. Yes. When they become people, <laughs> when they become people, all of a sudden they're not so cute anymore. Yeah. And it's also, everybody loves to, everyone loves to hold a baby. Yeah. But not everyone's in a room like itching at you to hold a screaming toddler. Right. And so that's where a lot of times we've come to find out, usually around that one, one and a half, when that baby, um, that child turns one, one and a half. And so she's looking for connection. She's looking for purpose. She's looking for friendship. That's who we are. <laughs> that's what the church is. We are friendship. We are purpose. We are connection. And so it's, again, it, it's not creating this big, huge deal. It's, 
it's in the simplicity of the everyday life and walking alongside of her with it as she's uh, raising that child right now mm-hmm. to, to keep that child. Now let's help her to raise it so that she is given a foundation of dignity of a yeah. life that she has now worked for and can provide for her child. Like what a, what a beautiful testimony of God's redemptive grace. Yes. So when it comes to your family and leading this ministry, what has been the hardest thing for you to keep in balance between the two? Hmm. Yeah, everything. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I knew we were going to kind of go down this path a little bit. I'm going to be honest. This is where it comes in. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't have it all together. Uh, mm-hmm. And I never want to pretend like I do. I can tell you that I want my children to see their mom go after something that she's passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I, I want them to walk that path with me. Um, but because of that, I can't attend every field trip. Right. And because of that, I have to take Saturdays and clean the house. Or, you know, like I don't, I don't have as much, I, I, again, I want my children to be a part of my life, but I also don't want to make them my life and make them that idol of, of purpose for me. And so, man, I, I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to show my children that our God is a God of love. Mm-hmm. And I think it's beautiful that I get to show our children that Jesus loves the young mom. Yeah. Jesus loves the, the oppressed and the orphan and the afflicted of our culture mm-hmm. and of our communities, right? He doesn't just love the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, um, but he is there for that young mom that can't afford her rent next month and doesn't know where mm-hmm. she's going to go um, and has maybe made some choices that it was hard, um, yeah. difficult, but that doesn't mean that she's was less than. Mm-hmm. And so being able to live that out, not by just the words I say, but by the people that we have the privilege to welcome through our doors here at our home. Mm-hmm. My kids, I think is really huge, but Man, I'll be honest, there are there are days and weeks where I think I think I'm crazy <laughs> um, to try to do all this. But at the same time, I have seen so much beauty, not just in ministry. There's so much beauty in ministry, but mm-hmm. in kids and the way that they see people yeah. and the way that they engage the world around them. And I really want I really look at that as a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Uh, through the through some of these hard days and times, so um, I know that's probably not the pretty bow answer because I just don't have one. Then no, but you know what? You also you wove into that beautifully. What the greatest joy has been as part of that, and what I loved is that you said I can't attend every field trip, but you didn't say I can't attend field trips, and I think that's a really healthy thing to learn that we have everything we do is a choice, and mm-hmm. so we have to choose, and that's. That's just made me think that some of these young moms may have more than one child and they may not have someone to watch the baby so that they can go on the field trip with the school-aged yeah. child. And I mean, it's just such a simple way to, to step in and help. But um, no, I, I love that answer because we are in such a consumption world and we want to do it all. And it is literally impossible. 
Literally. So we have to make choices. We have to make choices all the time. And when our kids can see that these are purposeful choices and they're not willy nilly or, you know, um, selfishly motivated, though sometimes you're like, you know, that's not the field trip I want to go on. So I will pass. <laughs> um, but when they can see that we make choices mm-hmm. and, and they can be, like you said, they walk it with you, you know, they can be part of it. I mean, it's as simple as when you're like, you can, you can buy lunch one day this week, here's the menu, which day do you want to choose? You know, they, they've got buy-in, but it's not everything. Right. And so I do, I love that answer because it, it wove in the fact that you are making choices and sacrifices. Um, but there's a joy and they are learning so much more beyond the four walls of your house. Right. And I, I, one of the things I have learned through the years here of trying to juggle it all is I'll just straight out ask my kids, Mm. Hey, I have this going on tonight or I have this going on today, but I also know that you have this going on. And is this important to you? Is this something that you want me to be at? Because if it is, I'll move heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. To be there. And, and that's putting that in, in my, I want my kids to recognize in their life too, that you have to make choices and decisions, right? Like you just yes. said. And so um, I'm, I'm going to be available if you need me to be available. I feel like that's just one, I, it's a simple thing, but I have, I asked my daughter, she has something going on tonight. And I was like, do you, would you like, you know, mom or dad there? Because I, you know, your brother has practice right in the smack dab middle of that. And your sister has a test that I know we have to study for. And, you know, so, and she says, yeah. And she literally said, and I said, you know, like girl, like, you know, I, I will move heaven and earth if you really want me there. But, but sometimes we have to make those decisions. And she just said, she says, yeah, it's actually, this is one of those things where it's like, yeah, mom, I really do want you there or dad there. Um, and she says, cause it's, it's really kind of embarrassing to not have a parent show up. Mm. I appreciate that. Yes. Like, okay. Thank you. And I feel like that helps her to recognize like the emotion of embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That. Like if mm-hmm. we could recognize and name our emotions more in life, like, oh, this is what I'm feeling. And this is why I'm feeling it. Yeah. There's so much clarity to that. Right. Yes. And so I want her to be able to recognize that walk, like walk it through together. Let's walk yeah. it through. Let's talk it through. But there's other times too, where she had a, she had a scrimmage last week and um, for basketball against all these different schools. And I asked her the same question and she was like, no, I don't really need you there. And I don't really care if you come. Mm-hmm. Then I'm not. <laughs> right. But it, it also, it, it gives her that ability to, to voice it, but it also helps her understand, you know, that it is an investment. And so she's got to choose wisely, which are the ones that need to be invested in. And it's not everything. And so it, it gives a good perspective on, you know, importance, what is important, what isn't important. So I love that you're doing that. Yeah. I, again, it's, I feel like a lot of parenting is trial and error. Right. And uh, our oldest is a girl. And so I always tell her, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like you're <laughs> a guinea pig. And so we're going to learn together. But by the time we get to your youngest sister, like we are going to nail it. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. We just tell our kids the first pancake never turns out. And uh... <laughs> oh, I like that too. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, this has been so, so fun. So as we wrap up, I have a fun question that I, this is a question for me because I'm a gadget girl. So um, I always ask people, what is your favorite time-saving gadget system, time-saving gadget 
system or tool. Um, so what would it be for you? So uh, my favorite um, little thing, and this this is going to be not profound in any way, shape, and form. That's but fine. A lot of times, I think in life, it's the permission. Like, I'm going to give myself permission in this season to use this, <laughs> even though it might not make the most sense. It just makes you feel better. Clorox wipes mm. off the counter. Like, do you know how much easier it is to grab one of those and wipe a mess up off the counter or yep. wipe down the doors of my, um, you know, fridge or yeah. even like I, I am known to take those and wipe my floor where I'm standing until they dry out just so mm-hmm. I feel like I have a clean space on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not by any means profound, but I just, I gave myself permission mm-hmm. to, to do that rather than you know, get out the spray, spray it down, get out the rag, what the rag, and then wipe it all. Like, and then right. the always look gross to me. I have this thing. Yeah. Well, and those are all barriers. Cause you're like, yes. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. So you removed all the barriers. So you have a clean kitchen. I have a clean kitchen. And I just feel like, man, when you have a clean kitchen, you have a clean life. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> so I it, give myself permission to use and buy Clorox wipes, disposable, I, like, it is amazing that those things can clean. They can dust. They can clean floors. They can clean countertops and your appliances. That's like if amazing. I get them to clean my clothes, I would. I would. You would do that too. She's gonna start throwing them in the wash next. And- right. <laughs> I just they are so multi-useful. I love them so much. That is fabulous, and that is a first. I have never had someone give me that answer, so I love that. <laughs> again, it's really more of the permission to use them. Yep. Yeah. Then it is the probably like this profane thing of like someone's like, oh, I didn't know that existed. No, we don't know that existed. <laughs> yes. But you know, permission is so important. I talked to a mom one time and she's like, I know I shouldn't hire a housekeeper because it's it's wasteful. And I said, You work full time and you have three children, three and under. That's not wasteful. That's like, and she's like, oh, Thank you. I'm hiring her tomorrow. <laughs> she just needed someone to say, This is not a frivolity. This is a <laughs> Well, I guess I'm, I'm a big fan of seasons too. Yeah. Just because you do it in this season doesn't mean you can continue it for all seasons. Right. There'll be a right. season then where I can clean my house. Yep. This it's not, not this season. season. <laughs> it's not the season. You know, I can uh, I can make a really pretty like you know twelve <laughs> twelve foot by twelve foot space behind me look nice yes. because I zoomed clean right before we got on here. Yes. Little doors. <laughs> let me tell you, like I know it's another story and. Again, man, God's grace, like God's grace. I always said I'm, I was the world's best mom, and then I had kids. Like, <laughs> you know, like you think you're going to like be all these things and do all these things, and then you just realize, like, no, I'm only able to be where I am because of God's grace. Yeah, and I really don't know anything, um, but I do know how to love, mm-hmm. and I know how to give and accept it. And right now, in this season, that's what I'm going to be for my kids. I love it. Give and accept love because that's where we're at. I can't give you an immaculate house and I cannot give you, you know, um, an all-star five-star vacation every, you know, spring break. Like that's just what the season we're in. Someday I can get there, but um, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Like (laughs) this is where we're at and I'm okay with that. It's again, that permission to be okay where I'm at. Like, yes, I have that in Christ, my, my God is not a God of guilt and shame. So anytime that I know that I'm feeling guilt and shame, it's not from him. So your Clorox wipes are wipes of love. (laughs) So my Clorox wipe is God's way of saying, 
Janelle, I love you. That's fabulous. <laughs> That's fabulous. Well, yeah, Janelle, this is so fun. I just want you to yeah. know. Like Thank we you. Do this more often. This is just been just like, for fun. Yeah. I love having this on my calendar. Like <laughs> I podcast, not yet. Like I was so excited. Oh, um, I love it. If someone gives me a microphone and a permission to talk, I'm you're going to do it. Yeah, from Jesus. So yes. Well, thanks for being here. So how can people connect with you and a new? Uh, oh, great question. So again, um, we have, you know, all the fun things. So a new ministry, a N E W, uh, it's on, so we have Facebook, a new ministry.org or Facebook is at a new ministry. We have Instagram at a new ministry, and we also have uh, our website, a new ministry.org. Okay. Uh, we're on, yeah, all those, all the socials, all those fun things. And you can find us there and we have connect tabs and yeah, I'd love to connect you in from hosting a packing party for fully flourishing boxes to volunteering to just to be a regular at our mom mixers that meet twice a month and just getting to know a young mom in your community to maybe even having a church that would love to host a Teen Mother Choices program or a church that would love to host one of our mom mixers. Yeah. Um, I would love to plug you in. And if anything, even if you just want to call, we can talk, you know, like I'd love that too. Um, God gave us all gifts and talking is sure one of mine. So ah, I love it. I love it. Uh, well, thanks, Janelle. This has been fabulous. Oh, thank you so much, Jen. Have a great day. I told you Janelle was full of energy. To find out more about Anu and how you can help, head over to thismomknows.com slash podcast, where you'll find all the ways to connect with Janelle, as well as a transcript of this episode.